Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to Redefined Church. My name is Dusty, and this is my amazing wife, Heather. And um, we are tag team in today's message. This is our first time to do anything like this. And so um, a little nerve wracking for Heather as uh, we're just all the way live, um, unrehearsed. We prepared, but uh, not been in this situation before. And so um, just thankful to be um, together this morning as we have a newborn who has been uh, throwing some challenges our way already today. So um, anything you want to say about how you're feeling right now before we move forward? <laughs> no, this is very different. I'm not used to being on this side of the camera. So whatever happens, happens. But It's going to be good. And so um, the reason Heather's with me is because we believe uh, it's super important for us to kind of share kind of our path or our way through, um, uh, shoot, almost 14 years of marriage and having four kids and really just building our house on uh, biblical principles and biblical values. And so um, before we go any further, I want to tell all the dads out there, happy Father's Day. Yes. Happy Father's Day, everybody. It's uh, it's a big deal to be a dad. Heather pushed me a little bit to speak on Father's Day and, and, and to speak to our dads today, but it was something that I just couldn't get out of last week and how we need to move forward and especially what it means to live right now in our current time. And so um, uh, if you're here for the first time today, uh, I just want to say thanks. It means a lot to me and Heather that you would join us, that you would take part of your Sunday to sit with us, especially on Father's Day when you can be doing breakfast in bed for dad or uh, at the lake or wherever wherever you might be. Uh, the fact that you're taking some time today means a lot to us. And so, yeah, and this is your first time watching. We want to say thank you for joining us. We've been doing this for several months and it's nice to see new faces and um, new people watching. Yeah. If there's anything that we can do for you um, in the meantime, uh, I would love for you to click on the link in the description of this video or even right there in the conversation feed that's happening right now. Let us know how we can help you or what we can do for you uh, moving forward uh, because we want to serve. And so today we're talking about building our house on the rock. If you watched last week or even seen the remix from last week's message, you know that we were in Matthew and Heather's going to read that scripture that we kind of base it out of uh, here in just a few minutes. but. Over the past few weeks in, in leading up to this message, we've been talking about personal values and how to identify uh, those personal values and what they really mean to you and so and, and what your personal values are. And if you still don't have those defined, you, you have plenty of time. It's such a process. I think what I love the most about the Bible, especially the scripture that we're going to be sharing today out of Colossians chapter three, is that it's just, it's been a process. There's been more to it and more to it. And I thought version one was kind of the version. And then when we got to version eight, I thought, yeah, this is it. And then when I got to version 17, um, but there was just more depth. God kept revealing more and more to us about um, not just who he's called us to be, but how he's called us to raise our family and to build our house. And so I'm really anxious to get into that. So a couple of weeks ago, I shared our personal values with you. And Heather, um, Heather's personal values are pretty simple. Their honesty, integrity, and communication. She um, she understands communication or defines communication very differently than I do. I I, I define communication more as understanding, and so um, that's something that we've had to work through 
a lot. My, my values are honesty, honor, and initiative or ownership. And so in our house, much like our home, we've built our house based on the values of honor, honesty, hospitality, unity, and ownership. And ownership is essentially, it's contribution. It's not consumption. It is, man, when, when you actually, it's the difference between paying rent and owning. When you rent, you just kind of do whatever you need to do. You don't really have to worry about it because somebody else is going to come and take care of it. Man, when you own the house, it's yours. And so that's what we want. Uh, not just our kids to do, but people in our church, man, when you, when you take ownership in the house, this house is your house, this church becomes your church. And so today our goal is to start putting some of those values into action, knowing that, uh, and we say this in our house, knowing that how we live is a result of who we are, not what we do. How we live is a result of who we are, not what we do. And so uh, before we jump into the content, we're going to take just a moment and pray and just kind of uh, shift our focus and turn our attention to God and uh, open our hearts and our hands and to see what he would have for us. So Heather, you want to lead us? Sure. Father God, thank you so much for today, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us. Father God, thank you for your word, Lord, that it's a lamp and a light. Lord, I thank you for shining things in new areas, Lord God, for bringing things to remembrance. Father, I thank you for being with us today. Father God, for loving us just as we are in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And so last week, as we mentioned, we talked about building our house on the rock. And uh, that scripture is found, if you have your Bibles, in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And Heather is going to read uh, that scripture for us. Uh, verse 24 says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 27 says, And the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and it was a great fall of it. And so last week, if you remember, we're kind of recapping last week to step into this week. We talked about the rock really being uh, the Bible, God. God's our source. The Bible um, is kind of the way. And so um, God and the Bible is being very solid. You can trust it. It's something you can do. Sand being very, very significant of, um, of uh, insignificance, um, not necessarily uh, evil, but um, it's uncertain. It's always changing. And the sand moves kind of like the water and like the tide. And so you're never really sure about the sand. And so we identified two things last week. And we said, um, what are the things that you're trying to eliminate from your life? What are the things that you really don't want in your life? And what we identified was negativity, darkness, evil, corruption, sadness, lies, jealousy, envy, hate, confusion, and uncertainty. And we realized that all of these are things that the devil wants for you, that your enemy wants for you, wants you to experience these. So your life is constantly in chaos or you're constantly experiencing turbulence in your life. And we backed it up by asking the question, what are the things that you want in your life? Good, positive, heavenly, truthful, happiness, understanding, generosity, love, honesty, confidence, peace. And when you look at these, you realize all of these things God wants for you. God's a good father. He gave his only son for you. He gave a human life for you to be here. He's not just a God of life, but he's a God of, of life and abundant life. He wants you to have more of it. 
And so understanding these two things is a great starting place for building your house upon the rock. And really the difference between the rock and the sand is not just good and evil. It's not just heaven and hell or positive and negative or light and dark, but there's a difference between truth and lies and happy and sad and understanding and jealousy. It's those two columns we talked about, generosity and envy, love and hate, honesty and corruption, uh, confidence and uncertainty. And then that last point that we talked about last week was the difference between peace and confusion. And so today, I believe that we're going to get to the root of these two things, and we're going to tell you how we did it. And that's really the point of Heather being here today. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 3. I'm in the Holman today. We've read a couple different versions of this. And so as you turn there, there's a couple things I want to point out to you. Um, One thing is Ephesians is another great book to reference when you're actually sitting down to identify your values and to learn more about the church and what Paul, God used Paul to give us some really great insights and knowledge. And what I want you to see is that Colossians and Ephesians were both written about the same time and both written by the same author, it's Paul. And um, the thing is, they're closely related to each other, like Paul's letters to the Galatians and to the Romans. They uh, handle the same theme, right? Christ and his church, as Galatians and Romans discuss, the same doctrines of salvation by free grace and justification by faith. We all believe that. And so the one difference that you can see in the two, though, is Colossians, like Galatians, arose from a very specific emergency. Uh, Colossians is very brief. It's abrupt. And it's very critical. And I think it's unique that um, this is the way that I used to live. And sometimes I kind of still go back to that ditch. I see a problem. need a quick fix. I need it now. Amen? (laughs) (laughs) That is all. And so Ephesians, though, like Romans, is expanded. It's very calm and it's very peaceful. So then I would be the Colossians and Heather would be the Ephesians. And you're going to see why we actually rooted our house in Colossians in just a few minutes. And so what I want you to know, though, is you can just as easily find direction in Ephesians. And it's going to do you a lot of good to do a deep dive into Ephesians uh, sooner than later, especially if you're taking today's message seriously. And so you're in Colossians, this is chapter three, and we're going to read verses one through 20. We're going to stop at 20 today and we'll pick up next week at 21. It says, so if you've been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above, not on what is on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God's Jesus. When Jesus, the Messiah, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your worldly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath comes on the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them, but now you must also put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there is not Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Sithian, slave or free, but Christ is all and with all. Verse 12 says, this is the Christian life. Therefore, God's chosen one, holy in love, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another. If anyone 
has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive them. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah, to which you are also called into one body, control your hearts. Be thankful. Let the message of the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him and Christ in your home as you hear acts in waking up. Wives, be submissive to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. You want to go check on him? Yes. We'll keep going. And as we go, um, what I want you to see is um, the closer that we got to today's message, the more that Heather kind of kept pushing me to say, um, hey, um, maybe you should just speak to the fathers today. And you caught a little bit of that in the beginning when she said, um, I I'm not used to being on this side of the screen, right? And so um, from my experience as a dad, um, she can speak really more to that than I can because, um, because I'm in it. I see myself as a work in progress. And so I wouldn't say that I have it figured out. I wouldn't say that I'm a great dad. I would just say that I'm trying to be better than what I had. And I think that if we all do that, regardless of if we're a mom or a dad or a student or an athlete or whatever position we're in, if we're just better than the example that, that was set before us, I think that we're going to be pretty good. And so that's not to say that what I had was bad. I just want to be better. And I think as dads, we really hope and push for our kids to be better than us. And I think that's why we can go so far off the deep end as to keep our kids so busy that they lose touch with who they are. And so uh, that, that kind of happened to me and it wasn't anybody's fault of my own. It was kind of me getting... um getting and having the wrong values as a kid and working. And I created the value in my life of having hard work as opposed to anything else. And so I knew if I just worked hard that everything else would be happy and I would make a bunch of people happy. It would all be good. Right. And so, um, I pushed back on Heather about speaking to dads today because there was one thing that when Oscar was first born kind of hit me in the face and it was, um, me and Heather were just we were, man, it, life was great, right? So we'd been married for almost five years, no kids. And um, I didn't understand at the time that we just kind of had an agreement. It was just an agreement between us where um, she did her thing and I did my thing. And I paid these bills and she paid those bills. And she went to work and I went to work. And, and I went to work out and she went to work out. And um, we just kind of met up at the end of the night. And what was great was she didn't have to go home anymore because we were married now. And so, um, it was good. And so as my head was spinning and I felt responsible now as something happens and, and there are several people that I hope are watching it that are getting this, that, um, that we were like this, it was her and it was me. And then all of a sudden when we had Oscar, I immediately felt like I had moved and now this is my position and I'm now responsible for these two lives. And that stressed me out because now I felt like I had more than one hat on. I wasn't just Dusty. I was now a husband and a father. And, and I did a terrible job of laying a great foundation of what that meant uh, or what that was going to be in the beginning. And so when we had Oscar, it kind of it kind of threw me for a loop. And so um, it's very different um, when you think of having a kid. And so 
when, um, when I, when we first, uh, got engaged, I gave Heather Colossians chapter three. And, um, when you're married, I think it's really easy to have, uh, Dusty's way and it was, and to have Heather's way. And so Heather's way was good because everything kind of revolved around her and, and my way was good, but we really had to figure out and find our way. What's the Otis way? What is, what is our way together? And so those values I shared with you in the beginning, we didn't find those until years later in our marriage. It's not like we had those from the beginning. We had to do some digging and some soul searching. And, and you can really pull those out of Colossians chapter three, if, if, if you want to, right? I think you can justify anything. And so the truth is it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And so, um, so when we found our way, that led us back to Colossians chapter three. And the one thing that led me to stick to today's message was something that my friend Brent Troxel told me. And Brent, if you're watching today, man, such a monumental um, couple of words in my life. And, and I never forget, I sit down in his office and I said, I said, hey, man, I'm so worried about not being a good dad. I'm so worried about not being a good dad. And he said, bro, he said, don't worry about being a good dad. He said, if you're a, a good husband, you're going to be a good dad. If you're a good husband, you're going to be a good dad. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, that's totally different. And the reality is, is if, um, if I'll treat Heather with love and respect and I'll honor her and cherish her and all the things that I promised to when I put this ring on my finger, my kids are going to see that and they're going to treat her the same, which means I'm going to be a great dad, right? And so the reality of all that was, if I'm going to be a great dad, I need to build a great house. No house becomes a home without relationship, right? And so we focus really hard on relationship here in our home. Uh, it's important to us that uh, our kids love each other, that they know each other, um, that they like each other, they like being around each other, that they know each other, man. That it's not just, uh, can't you guys just get along? But it's real relationships. And really, that's kind of the foundation of our church. It's It's what we preach out of Matthew, man. We want to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And so then can we just love each other as ourselves? And and so as it as um as I focused on that and I realized it's relationship, my house really starts with my wife. My house really starts with Heather. I'm a firm believer in her, and I understand that if I keep my focus, if my focus stays around on and with her, my life seems to go pretty good. Because she's not just the voice of reason in our home. She does so much uh, to keep our home going. We are not just, um, we're not just partners in an agreement. We're, um, we are on the same team. And we do this together. Even though she has her part and I have my part, it's rooted in our way. And because we have our way, we can lock arms and move forward together. As opposed to having so much controversy or back and forth, which we had plenty of early on in our marriage. And so we don't have the perfect marriage. It's not like we go without disagreements because those happen often, but the disagreements are always peaceful because we know how to talk to each other because we've laid out the way that we're going to move forward. And a lot of it's rooted in Colossians chapter three. And so um, if I don't look too far past Heather, my life stays pretty good. And so uh, it helps greatly that she's gorgeous and um, that she loves me back and the one thing that I've realized is my way is not always the best way. Sometimes it is. Okay. And there are some times that um, it doesn't go my way that it probably should, but um, it's give and take, right? And if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. And so 
as we were praying um, with our kids, give me, Heather, are you available? Come on back in here. Put the mic in. As we were praying with our kids, she's got Axton. As we were praying with our kids about today's message, we were around the table and just kind of talking through, um, talking through uh, what it means to build uh, our house on the rock, right? And so, are you hooked? Yep. She's got it. Sorry, guys. We're alive. <laughs> Real life. You ain't going to find this on a Sunday anywhere else, okay? <laughs> Anyways, um, we're talking about just praying over the message, praying that uh, people would have an understanding and see and and kind of get a glimpse into our house and, and what really makes our house home. And Kaz asked, he asked, uh, what, what do you mean? build a house on a rock. Why would I ever build a house on a rock? And Heather's um, response was so incredible to it. Um, and it's really the root of our house is she's nurturing and she's very loving. She's the Ephesian side of it. And so I'm the more concrete guy of the two of us. And so um, her response was really good. And it's just, she's just right on time to come back and share it with you. So um, um, in the Bible, it just talks about a house being built on, um, by wisdom, a house is built by understanding it's established and through knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. And so thinking about a home, it's not just brick and mortar. It's, um, wisdom that comes from God. And, um, if we can implement that into our kids and watch what happens in our house as we can teach them that and, um, filling the house with joy and um, wisdom through that, if that makes sense. Yeah. The, the key part for me when she was speaking was it's more than brick and mortar. And so, so many times as, as men, we say, well, my house is, is good. The roof is good. You know, all the electric works the plumbing's on and, and really those, those are all things. And really what makes our house home is the people inside of it. It's not, it's not what we do. It's not really how it looks. It's not having people come over. Um, there have been several people that we've invited over here and they've came in and they haven't been back just because we're under construction right now. Uh, we're in a one owner house that uh, is, is <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And so um, I, have, I have cabinets sitting next to me, by the way, that you can't see right now. All that to say that, um, that it's about the who's that we have that, it's what I said earlier. It's our life is uh, about who we are, not what we have. It's not about what we do. And I think Heather um, said that very, very good earlier. And so um, let me take you to how Colossians 3 kind of came about. I drove Heather home from Bible college, her first or her final spring break. Um, I had never met her parents before. I'd never been to Kentucky before. And we'd only been dating two months and I had every intention of proposing to her on that trip after obviously um, I got her parents blessing. And I would say that it's very fair that the first night we were together, we spent nearly 12 hours together, talked the whole time, drove all over town, hung out, uh, made a list of things that we wanted to do together. I knew the first night I was with Heather that we were going to be married. Um, and it was just, it was more than um, her looks. Obviously it was who she was. It was, uh, she had great character and obviously she was going to Bible college. And so there's a lot to be assumed there, but just the way she carried herself and her confidence and the way she talked, um, 
and just how easy it was to be with her let me know that that this was the one and i've been single for a long time leading up to that it's another story but um the night before we're headed back to tulsa um i have to have the conversation now because this is my last night and tomorrow we are going home and so um i get up the nerve to ask heather's dad if i can talk to him and the conversation they pull them in the living room and it's very um well if you can imagine it's not like a okay sure here's the <laughs> here's the keys go have fun it was um lots of questions very intense and while he's sitting in the living room um getting drilled my brother and i are <laughs> in the dining room laughing under the kitchen table which sounds just silly but um i we couldn't even hear what was saying and we were laughing and that's they were laughing because their brother's hilarious <laughs> um they were just eavesdropping which yeah bless her and they had to fight they had to hide under the table which was the only place to be and and not be seen and so um sat there for for quite a long time i'm not going to say it was hours but it was definitely an hour and um Heather's wedding ring I had inscribed Colossians chapter three and, and Colossians three for me was, um, was the rules for me. That was in, in the version that I read, it's rules for holy living. It's rules for holy living. And in the whole minute calls it, um, the life of the new man. And so it was very fitting for me to have those rules. And so, um, I got Heather's, Heather's parents blessing. And the next morning I proposed to her, it was, it was, it was awesome. It went very well. She said, yes, obviously we're here. And so, so that's when Colossians chapter three became our thing. I still have this. I, I typed this up and printed it and framed it. It's still uh, dirty. It hasn't been hung up since we moved here from Oklahoma, but I did uncover it. And so this is Colossians chapter three, uh, one through 17 that I gave to her. And I gave that to her and, and it became our thing. Like, this is what we're going to build our house on. And, um, I, yeah, I didn't know that. And when he gave it to me in the very beginning, I just thought it was, I knew it was something that meant a lot to him, but I didn't realize it was an us thing yet. She didn't agree. It was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it's the Bible. So I guess we can hang it on the wall. Um, and so as I was putting this together, I thought looking back and how far we've came together and how I just thought about her response for the first time. And she was kind of like, Oh, oh, let's set this over here, you know? And so, um, as we went through all of that, um, I just, for the longest time, we, that's where it set. It hung on the wall and it hung for years until Oscar was born. And that realization hit me. And then I went straight to rules. Right. And so, um, I made these rules and like the rules that everybody else grows up with, you know, if you open it, close it. If you break it, fix it. Um, if it cries, feed it, stuff like that, right? And then to the point where we got to these Otis family rules, which are really amazing, which is simply this. Very, very Colossians. No lying. No arguing. Do it right the first time. Leave it better than you find it. Be thankful and love. Pretty straight to the point. This is out of version four, Okay. These don't exist anymore because life is not about rules or rituals. It's about relationship. It's it's who you are with God and who you are with others. And so it was great to have those rules. But for the longest time, we made very minimal changes. Um, it wasn't that we didn't have an expectation, but we just thought that was the way. And that's how I was leading. That's how I was leading the house. That's how I was leading our relationship. 
And that's really how I viewed my relationship with God was just a set of rules. Like as long as I follow all of these and do all of these to the best of my ability, then, then we are holy living. And, um, and I'll never forget, we step into the house and Oscar, man, he is, he's super smart, very intellectual kid. And he's got scriptures. He's 18 months old. He's 18 months old. He knows the United States in alphabetical order, mainly because we sang that song, right? But he also has 2 Kings 2, 2, 4 memorized. He's got Psalms 118, 24 memorized. He's leading prayers. He's eight, He's 18 months old. And it's just like, wow, wow. And to think that we had all of these rules that he was like, he had memorized. It was really a check for me to think, wait a second. I had those rules memorized, you know, and I really don't, I don't want Oscar growing up that way. And so I'm going to fast forward you to our 10 year anniversary, um, where for the first time ever, we took a trip um, away from our kids. And so Heather is a diehard mom. You can tell we have accent with us right now. And so um, our kids love her like um, probably like every other kid loves their mom. But Heather is super nurturing. And so for us to get away was a really big deal. And so we got away for two days. And our and my main goal for us, and I kind of sprung this on her once we got there, was, um, hey, how are we going to keep our kids home after they can leave? So 18 years old, you know, you, you say, hey, there's the door. There's your stuff. You have free reign. What's going to make our kids want to come back home? What values are we instilling in our home? And we had Colossians chapter three as kind of a root, as kind of the base, right? And so um, we just, yeah, we wanted them to enjoy coming back. We wanted a relationship to be established from the time they were small to where um, once they were old enough and could leave, that they still wanted to visit with us and talk with us. And uh, once they got married, bring their kids over. And uh, we wanted it to be more than just uh, that's my parents or those are the in-laws that you don't ever see. Yeah. And so then not in the way of like, um, you're never getting married. You're never leaving the house. We're locking you in the basement because you're ours forever. But in a way of there's freedom here. And, um, what are those values that we can, that we can instill in our kids that we can build our house on that are going to make them, um, solid human beings, solid individuals that, um, that are rooted in who we are. Right. And so, um, we, I just, I, I asked Heather to go through this. I just found this, um, this week, and this is the list that we wrote down on, on that 10 year anniversary trip. And so, um, we just wanted them to feel acceptance and unconditional love. I can't read um, her writing by the way. So she's, <laughs> she's got to read peace and compassion. We started doing a uh, regular scheduled family time. So we do like game nights and movie nights. Um, one-on-one time with them where it was, um, they felt like that they were important. Their time was valid and that we wanted to know them as an individual, not just, um, this is our group of four kids. It's, we have four individual children. Um, we wanted to, um, set family vacations to where, um, we would get away a couple of times a year as a family with, um, just to enjoy each other. And then time with just Dusty and myself, um, a couple times a year as well, just to have us established as us being, um, first before our kids. And, um, 
yeah, we wanted meaningful moments with them, with one-on-one. Um, we wanted them individually and as a family to have lasting memories with them. And so um, to instill those values, like, okay, one, they need to know that marriage is important. So they need to know that, that she comes first and that I come first and that our time together is really what makes our house great. And that our time with them is really what makes um, them great, especially when you have those one-on-ones and you're asking very pointed questions like, Hey, what do you, Hey, Oscar, what do you love right now? What do you really love right now? Or what's causing you the most trouble? What do you not like right now? Who do you love right now? Who do you not like right now? Who's, who causes you problems and start getting into those things that are really itching or bugging them or poking them and help them by using our life experiences to say, Hey, you know, I used to have a guy like that in my school or a girl like that in my class. And here's what, um, here's, here's how I handled it and give them the truth. Like I stunk it up. I wasn't the best example, but here's what I should have done. Here's how you can move forward in that. Why don't you go to school tomorrow and say this? Why don't you go to, why don't you do this? Hey, if, if, if Cass is really being that way, if we're Oscar or Laney, if they're really being that way, why don't you just go and do this? And what we've started having our kids do is just, um, we've eliminated a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble in our house by having them ask themselves the question before they respond or react to say, what would a great brother do? What would a great brother do here? Man, it solves a lot of problems. Um, and, and trying to teach them to communicate in that instead of coming to us to solve stuff. It's talking to, um, yeah, what would a great brother or sister do, but how would you talk to somebody? How would you, what would you ask them to do instead of, um, yelling at them or telling them? Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, what would a great son do? Like Laney has enough sass for like probably everybody's kids watching. And so, uh, what would a great daughter do? Would a great daughter respond like that? Would a great daughter say that? And this is just Andy's Andy Stanley question that we got a couple years back, but it's really changed the way that our kids uh, respond and behave because we've actually put the ownership back on them. I'm not going to follow you around all day with a switch or a bar of soap or whatever, you know, whatever method that both those methods were used on me. So that's how I can say those. Um, I'm not going to follow you around and, and like keep, I'm not. I'm not that guy. You're going to have to figure this out and you're going to have to lead. We also don't shelter our kids uh, a whole lot. And so they're going to hear uh, everything that's on the radio. Um, They know what's going on in the news to a certain extent. And um, they seem to navigate YouTube better than me right now. So we have a bunch of restrictions on it. But but that's it. It's it's getting them to understand um, that that it's, it's who we are. It's not what we do. And so then... Uh, asking those pertinent questions. And so coming home from our 10 anniversary was really good. And so then um, one last thing before we jump into and read you the Otis family version of Colossians chapter three. Um, our first year here, um, we had just been here two weeks and it was New Year's Eve. I was really frustrated. Uh, probably one of the lower points here. Uh, we hadn't had anything done. We had bought a one owner house. The Carpet was original, disintegrating underneath our feet, and we were sleeping on air mattresses all together in the living room. Probably the good old, the good old days, really. Well, is- yeah, in our perspective, as an adult perspective, we were like, "This is not good," <laughs> and a child's perspective was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, our kids loved it because they were sleeping the same with mom and dad, and you know, I could probably share more on that. But for me, it was like, I thought that when you do something for God, it's like an up. We're moving. We're moving on up, and. When you move houses, you really move up. And we moved to a way smaller house. 
uh, with way closer neighbors, with like the, everything was just such a big culture shock for us. And so it's New Year's Eve and I look over her and I'm just, I'm upset. And I just say, why are we staying up for this? Why are we staying up for this? Like, am I really just staying up to kiss you goodnight? Like, is that really the point of this? Like, and I said, look at all these people in Times Square. Most of them are just, you know, drinking and out of their mind. Are they even going to remember tomorrow? Like, is it just for the party? Like, why? And for the first time, I thought, um, by the way, I've never looked forward to New Year's because it's always a great reminder that I didn't do what I said I was going to do. I'm pretty disciplined. But at the end of the day, um, 365 days in a row is tough for anybody, right? And so uh, New Year's can't come around. And it was always a reminder of, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda for me, right? And I realized that New Year's is the opportunity to celebrate a good year lived mm-hmm. for the first time. It, was, it, wasn't a, it wasn't, oh, you look back and look where you blew it or look where you stunk or um, how you could have done something better. But it was just a, an opportunity to celebrate a good year. And so uh, I remember we went to bed and I rolled over and it was the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep because that, that thought was turning in my head. And again, just revelation, right? And so I asked Heather in the middle of the night, I said, hey, I said, uh, who do you want to be this year? And she's dead asleep. So she has a real crappy answer like, shut up, like go to sleep, you know, leave me alone. And I said, I'm going to be the best for you and our family this year than I ever have been. This is, I'm going to be that this year. And so I made that my goal. And the next, the next day we wake up and I say, what do we want for Oscar? And it took Heather almost a week to answer me for what she wanted. Yeah, I, I am more, I, he's the speed and I'm the, let's slow down and think this through. So <laughs> I take a little bit longer to process stuff. And so what we identified for Oscar that year for 2018 was, um, we wanted him to be more joyful. He's real serious. He, he's like, he's rule follower. And for Cass, we wanted him to be a better listener. And for Lainey, we wanted her to be more respectful. And when we, when they were those things, um, we rewarded them. And then for us as a family, it was, um, or our kids in general, we wanted them to be thankful. And we, that's it. Like that doesn't change. We might change on a yearly basis. Those, those, you know, the, the individual, what do we want for Oscar this year? What do we see? What's been trending for him? Let's identify it. Let's 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 identify it. Let's identify it with him. Let's explain it to him, and let's let let's help him understand that is what we intend to help him with this year. And so then, we're always going to be thankful as a as a family and as kids. But um, our kids, we want them to be thankful, be grateful, man. It's you have you have a phenomenal opportunity in front of you. And then as a family, we just want to be an example. We just want to live our lives as an example. And if we can be that, and people can see it when we're walking, that yep. Jesus clearly lives because he's, he's working through those people or he's in those people. And that's a good thing. And so, um, all that being said, we know that as we do that with our kids, it's, it's straight from the Bible. And so it's, it's yeah. Teaching a child in the way that he should go. So when he's old, it doesn't depart from him. So that was kind of our, um, goal is that we wanted to impart this stuff to our kids when they're young so that, they can not, um, granted, they'll still make mistakes, but not make the same mistakes that we did or have more wisdom going through each year and knowledge than we did. Yeah. And so that's, and that's really the root of our, of kids ministry, redefined church too. And so, um, so this is, um, Colossians chapter three. This is the OFV. This is the Otis family version. 
Um, and in our house, the saying, it says who we are. It just says who we are. You don't even see Colossians chapter 3. Uh, this is 2, 8 through 17 and 20 through 24. It's the OFV. I want to know that we've given this to hundreds of people, hundreds of people. And if this is something that speaks to you and you want a copy of, just email us, info at liveredefined.com, and I will email you this PDF, and uh, we'll just let it bless you, okay? Um, it's really just a great way to start. I do want to say this before you go. It's a process. This is version 39. It's not version 1. I believe uh, when I proposed to her that that version that I gave, the New King James Version that sits over here, I thought that was going to be our version. And as God's just continually revealed to us, I know that version 39 is not the last version. So it's a process. It's a process. And you got to buy into that process. You got to give into it, knowing and trusting God. And so this is the Otis family version. Don't judge us. Okay. This is for our kids. This is in plain English. So get ready. Here's what it says. Be positive. Think good thoughts. Set your mind on heavenly things, things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Be respectful. And turn off all things like anger, rage, malice, and offensive language. Be honest. Do not lie to each other. Verse 10, you are a temple, a new person that is constantly renewed in knowledge according to the image of God who created you. In this life, we are all made in God's image and created equal. So, as chosen people, be examples of Jesus because you are holy and loved. Have a heart of mercy and compassion with humility and patience. Endure with each other and forgive each other just as God forgave you because we are all accepted by him. Just as God forgives you because we're all accepted by him. In all things, add love, which covers everything. Let the peace of Christ, which makes you confident, be in control of your heart and be thankful. Don't stop living the Bible. Let it dwell in your heart because it keeps you connected. That's John 15. Because it keeps you connected. Teach and encourage each other with wisdom because you are wise and worship with all of your heart. And whatever you do in word or action, do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God, your heavenly father through him, because he gives you victory. I can't see. Children. Be obedient to your parents and everything. This pleases God. Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart, with enthusiasm. I love that word. It's one of my favorite words. With enthusiasm for the Lord and not for people, because God has a reward for you that you cannot imagine. Continue to love, live, and lead like Jesus so others can learn from your example. That's Colossians chapter 3. That's the Otis family version. Here's what I want to tell you. There are six values in there, and here's what they are. Verse 2 is be positive. Verse 8 is be respectful. Uh, verse 15 is be thankful. Verse 16 is to encourage. Verse 20 is be obedient. And I think I said them all. And so then we have, uh, and here's the thing. One thing about your values if you have to memorize them, you don't value them. If they're forgettable, they're not values. If there's something that you go, oh, what was that thing that I really, that I value so much? It's just the reality is you don't value it so much if it's not there, right? They're either in you or they're not. It's easy for me to get emotional about this because I see this in our kids. 
I see this in our house. I see this in our family. I see this in, in me and Heather's relationship. And so, like I told you earlier, this is the, this is version 39. There's some things down here that I'm going to talk about really quickly. But our vision is to live as examples. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. I want to give you our motto because I think it's very, very important. It says this, we learn every day. We live in a positive way. We love always and we lead well. That's it. That's our motto. So what do you mean learn every day? Receive correction, listen well, follow through. So learn, love, live, and lead. It's no mistake that our um, discipleship strategy at Redefined Church is learn, live, and lead. Learn of and who God the Father. Live like in the spiritual disciplines and lead others on the same path. Show others the same thing. Be an example. Love always. Who are we loving always? God, self, family, and others. Live positive. How do we live positive? You remember a couple weeks ago we talked about this. Think it, speak it, believe it, and live it. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. And lead healthy lives. How are we going to lead? We're going to lead three parts whole, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Who we are is Colossians chapter 3. So then what do we speak? What do we speak? So we've taken who we are in Colossians chapter 3 and made confessions. Okay. And said about how we live. So what we speak is this. How do I speak positive? I think good thoughts. I think good thoughts. These match our values. How am I? I am, th- I am grateful. I am grateful. I always tell the truth. I'm a good listener. I'm a great example. I love everyone. Those are the ways that we are thankful, honest, obedient, respectful, positive, and encouraging. Those are the ways that we become who we are. And so then, how we live is this. Be positive, be thankful, be honest, be obedient, be respectful, and be encouraging. None of those are do's, they're who's. This is who we are. And if, um, if and when you want this or we send it to you, um, there's, there's a part on here, this very last column we're going to jump into next week, and it says who we are. And inside of Colossians chapter 3, you find out that you have six promises from God in there that say, I am chosen, I am accepted, I am confident, I am connected, I am a temple, and I am victorious. And so from those, uh, we move forward. And everything that uh, we've talked about today and sharing kind of the Otis way, again, this is not Heather's way and it's not Dusty's way. This is something that um, that I thought was going to be our way in the beginning, but now at version 39, um, we're meeting, we're meeting together and we're in the middle and and it's good. And it's been that way since version eight, I believe. Um, but it's just something that we have to continually keep going back to and looking up and looking into. And so um, anything else? That's great. Um, I think that we're going to do a Q&A over this. I'm just springing this on you right now. Um, I don't know when. And so we're going to um, pub it. And so we'll just do a Facebook Live and we'll just do Q&A. This will be the topic. and. Um, and if you're coming uh, to shout something down or tell me that I took other scriptures and put into the Otis family version, it's the Otis family version for a reason. And so um, this isn't this isn't published anywhere but our house and people's houses who have adopted it. And so, um, but if you have serious questions and you want to know more about uh, the journey, we tried to keep it as brief as possible today, just to kind of give you some insight on how long and how far we've come. We're 14 years in, 
right now. Not that we're seasoned 50 year <laughs> in a 50 year marriage, but, um, and not that we have it all figured out because we don't, but like I said earlier, we're, we are, and I am a work in progress. And I think that, um, as long as we keep our focus fixed on the people around us, especially those under our roof, God's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of them. And what you're going to see is that you're putting people out into the world that are going to make a difference. And, uh, and that's really why we came. It was not just them, but it's us. It's, we want to, we want to do something that's going to leave an impact that we can say, we can't take credit for any of that. That has to be God. And, um, and we just want people to see it. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.